Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening and welcome to Good News. I am Deacon Al Lundy of the Peoria Diocese. And uh, this is the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. I can't believe things have gone that quickly. Six weeks ago, it was Epiphany Sunday. We are just wrapping up Christmas six weeks ago. And now we're, we're leaping right into Lent starting this Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday this Wednesday. Uh, I, as, as, as a member of Catholic clergy, I always get a kick out of Ash Wednesday because it's, it's such an important mass, but it's not a holy day of obligation. And yet it's our third best attended mass in the whole liturgical year. I mean, the Easter and Christmas one and two, you know, always, always full. But outside of that, the most populated mass we have, the best attended mass is Ash Wednesday. And you think, why is that? So here's, here's what I'm told because right behind Ash Wednesday is Palm Sunday. The, the next, the probably the fourth best attended is Palm Sunday. You know what it is? We're giving stuff away for free. <laughs> Even if it's uh, some ashes on your forehead or or a dead branch, a dead palm branch, you know, you give stuff away for free, and the people pour in the doors. Um, I I don't know that that's it. I think there's there's deeper reasons for that. But uh, I would like to to start before we get into scripture. I would like to start about Ash Wednesday. Um, many of you uh, might know of Father Jeff Windy. Uh, Father Jeff uh, been part of this diocese for for many years. Um, used to be on Catholic Spirit Radio. Might be again. We'd love to have him. Father Wendy is one of my favorite homilists uh, in the diocese. I love listening to Father Jeff, and and the the more blunt he is, the better I like him. Uh, and he can be very blunt sometimes. So um, I was serving I was serving Mass Ash Wednesday with with uh, Father. This was shortly after I was ordained, and. Uh, so he gets up for the, for the homily, and he says, uh, "If if you're here just to get dirt smeared on your forehead, go home. You don't need to be here. You're you're wasting your time. If if you're just here to get dirt on your forehead, go out to your yard, stick your thumb in the soil, rub it on your forehead. Boom. Nobody will know the difference, right? And uh, and I thought, what?" what is he doing? You know, I was just kind of, oh my gosh. And he says, look, um, that's not what Ash Wednesday's about. It's not about just walking around with this badge on your forehead to say, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm Catholic. If that's all you're doing, I mean, that, that would be similar, he said to, if you go into a store and you buy a Green Bay Packers jersey and you put the jersey on, it doesn't make you a Green Bay Packers. It, it doesn't mean you're in the NFL. You just, you just look like it. If all you want to do is look like someone who's made this commitment to humility uh, by by reminding yourself that you're just dirt, I mean, really, and we're all going to end up as dirt again, that the, the stuff of the world isn't what makes us holy. You can you can accumulate the fastest car and the most expensive house, you know, and and the best of this and the best of that and huge bank accounts. That's not going to get you into heaven, and it's not going with you. But the dirt is. You started off as, as, as dirt. You're going to end up as dirt. That's staying with you. 
and to remind yourself that the only thing of real importance in your life is the relationship between you and God. And that's what Ash Wednesday does. It's that, it's that connection. It's that, that identity of humility, that recognition of humility before God in the Ash Wednesday Mass. That's what makes the difference. And if all you want to do is walk around with a dirty forehead, go out to your yard, stick your thumb in the dirt, wipe it on your forehead, go about your day. Don't waste your time or, or God's time in just coming to look like you're Christian. And that's a that's a super powerful homily, and and, and that's that I boy I, I I don't get to hear Father Jeff's uh, homilies enough, and I I miss them, I miss them. So if you're listening, Jeff, uh, look forward to hearing you again sometime. I don't have Facebook. I know you still put your homilies out on Facebook, but I don't have Facebook, so I don't get to hear that. Uh, but know that whenever I'm in your neighborhood or you're in mine, I I love to hear your homilies. So yeah, Ash Wednesday's coming up. Uh, it, it's about it's about opening your heart and your mind to Christ. It's not about just getting the ashes. So it's the beginning of Lent. Uh, Mardi Gras, you know, everybody looks at Mardi Gras as the beginning of Lent. I've always had a, tro- a problem with Mardi Gras. So, so Lent's about repentance. Lent, Lent's about cleaning up your act, your, your inner room to make room for Christ, to, to welcome Christ at Easter. And to say, you know what, before I get really good, I'm going to get really, really bad. I just, I don't understand that. It's like, I really need to drink less. So before I start to sober up, I'm going to go out and get really, really drunk. It makes no sense whatsoever, you know? Um, I want to lose weight. So before I go on a diet, I'm going to go out and just eat as much as I can. I'm just going to gorge myself. That doesn't, no, no that doesn't make any sense. If, if your goal is to be really good, you don't start by getting worse uh, that that's that really defeats the point. So in in Lent, it's it Lent's about repentance. Lent is about a, a new start, a new life, um, giving up the the bad habits of the past, and in uh, stepping into new habits, starting to foster new new activities that that represent uh, a, a unity in, in Christ's love. And so you don't start that by going the opposite direction first. So Ash Wednesday is the chance to, to start small, to start with humility, to start at ground level and start building yourself back up in, in a resemblance to the life of Christ. And that's what makes Lent so important uh, to our Catholic life. Is Lent in the Scripture? That's something we hear all the time from our Protestant brothers and sisters, but it's not in Scripture. Well, it is in a way. Before Jesus started his ministry, he goes out into the desert uh, and fasts for 40 days. And this was this is his way of showing his humility. Here was God who became flesh and blood, who gives up all the uh, attributes of God, all the, uh, you know, the, the protection of the angels, the, the power, the authority. He gives all that up, and he goes out to fast in the desert for 40 days to face the evils of the, the temptation of, of sin, and to start to build build himself as a as a new prophet, but more than that, as as the Messiah. But to, to before he can grow to that, he first has to humble himself completely, and that's what we're doing in, in the likeness of Christ. We're, we're taking Ash Wednesday to humble ourselves completely, and then the Lent is our forty days in the desert. It's our it's our time to begin uh, 
turning away from sin and turning towards God and building ourselves back up in the likeness of Christ. So this is a really important time, and this is coming up in just a few days. It starts Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is on Wednesday this week. Did you know that, John? Easter's going to be on Sunday. It's on Valentine's Day. Easter Sunday is on my wife's birthday. So guess what she's getting for her birthday? A colorful, hard-boiled egg. Happy birthday, dear. Oh, now I let the cat out of the bag. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have told her. Now she has nothing to look forward to. Oh, gosh. Should have kept that a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday are the same. So bring bring your loved one to Mass. What a great way to show your love for them. is uh, Rather than give your money to Hallmark, bring... Bring your bring your loved one to mass with you and uh, and start Lent off together. Maybe make some some Lenten observances together, uh, alms together. Decide on what your alms are going to be together. Maybe do uh, some some service to others, some some charitable work together during Lent uh, to grow as as a couple or as a family. So so consider that. So we've got uh, we've got Ash Wednesday to look forward to next week. The beginning of Lent, the coming of the the feast of the resurrection. Of, of Christ and uh, Holy Week, just all kinds of things. We've got new members coming into the church uh, during Holy Week. Uh, our RCIA, hope hope your RCIA or now OCIA, they've changed the name. You know, it's so funny because it's probably one of the best kept secrets in in uh, American Catholicism is the fact that RCIA was changed three years ago to OCIA, the order of Catholic initiation for adults, or Christian initiation for adults, rather than the right, the RCIA. It's now OCIA, one of our best kept secrets. Three years, I just found out about it like six months ago. (laughs) Yeah, 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 just by cruising, I thought, it's what now? So uh, we have a lot of members in OCIA who will be coming uh, uh, Catholics at the the vigil mass. I'm going to try and do the exalted for the first time. My wife is working on with working with me on how to chant the exalted. That oh, don't say that. I'm I'm very self conscious. I've I've done the Lumen Christi now for a few years, and that's gone fairly well. So uh, I'm going to try and chant the exalted at at uh, the Easter vigil. I'm excited about that. I'm honored that I that I get to do it, but I'm also um, very. I don't want to say frightened. Jesus said, "Be not afraid." I'm not frightened. I am anxious about it. I have in that I am loaded with anxiety, kind of anxious. But uh, my wife was a uh, former music teacher and she has vowed to get me through this. So I have six weeks basically to learn how to do this. We've, we've done one line so far and I've, I've squeaked through the, I got to get her to lower that she's, she's starting it a little high in my range. I need, I need her to bring it down just a little bit. Uh, otherwise I'm going to be squeaking before we before I get to the uh, the end of it but uh, yeah so holy week wonderful time uh in the church some of our most beautiful liturgical celebrations happen between now and uh and the uh and pentecost so get yourself back to mass i have to say i've seen a huge upswing in attendance at masses these uh these uh, this last couple of months uh, I hope that's happening in your parish. I hope to see it continue to happen as we go through our Growing Disciples uh, reorganization of our parishes. Uh, I would hope that we would see uh, full churches again. There's just something about the energy and the dynamics of a, of a mass shoulder-to-shoulder with people that I, that I just truly love. So all that coming up uh, in just, boy, just a few days. It all kicks off in just a few days. So we'll see you hopefully at Mass at... Uh, 
Ash Wednesday and be watching for you around town to uh, humbly be wearing your your ashes to show your humility before God. You know, if you'd ever like to have uh, be part of the Good News program, we have an opportunity for you to do that. You can email uh, a question that you have about Catholicism or Christianity uh, to the show at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com or .org. Either one works. Uh, but if you send us your question, we'll be glad to uh, talk about it on the air and uh, hopefully answer it. As I've said before, if I know the answer, I will share it. If I don't know the answer, I will make one up, which I, I try not to do that. I usually just say, if I don't know, I just don't know, and we'll find out later. But uh, yeah, be happy to, to take your questions. And it doesn't have to be something uh, that you necessarily agree with or want to know about. It could be something you disagree with and want to know why does the church do this. Uh, be happy to talk about that. Uh, you're welcome to ask why are there uh, why is there conflict in Scripture, and I'll be glad to answer that right now. There isn't, and if you want to give me an example where you think there is, I'd be glad to explain to you why it isn't there. So, uh, anything you want to talk about, you can email us goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org or .com. While you're at the website, you can listen to past uh, programs, this program, as well as other locally produced programs on Catholic Spirit Radio in our podcast section. If there's something going on in your life that you would like some prayer support for, we have people here who will pray for you. Just tell us uh, what that prayer need is. If you're looking for activities at local parishes, we've got that. If you're looking for mass times, we have that. If you're looking for when you can go to confession or attend adoration, we've got those schedules for all of our local parishes throughout our, the diocese, the three dioceses that we broadcast to can be found at our website. So it's just chuck full of information as well as pictures. If you want to see what I look like in real life, if you don't go to the website and you're wondering, uh, just picture uh, Tom Cruise. I look nothing like that. Just kind of t- the anti Tom Cruise. And that, that would be, that would be my, my, uh, my portrait. So uh, coming up uh, this weekend in our readings, we have um, the first reading is from Leviticus. The second reading is uh, Paul to the Corinthians, and the gospel is Mark. We're in cycle B, so all of our gospel, almost all of our gospel readings throughout the year are Mark. Every now and then we slip in a Luke or a John or an occasional Matthew, but primarily it's, it's from Mark. This is probably, uh, as Masses go during, during the year— this is probably the Mass with the shortest readings. Two really short readings and a really short gospel. So you know what that means. A longer homily. That's what you get to look forward to. When there's a short gospel, we, that's when we, that's when, oh, we've got, I've got time to stretch that homily out a little more. Maybe, maybe um, you know, postpone that landing for th- three or four uh, minutes. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. I'm sure we're going to be talking. You'll hear a lot of talk about Ash Wednesday uh, during the homily and about Lent, about our entrance into Lent, and, and what that should mean in our lives. Start uh, planning now for your Lent, by the way. This, this is the time to start saying, not just, what am I going to give up, but what am I going to add to my life? What, you know, too often we say, okay, here's the vice that we're going to get rid of, but I, th- I think something that you'll find even more productive is, what are the graces I want to grow in? rather than just, what are, what's the vice I, I want to diminish? Not that you shouldn't diminish your vice, you certainly should, but uh, this should be this should be a time to start new, healthier, holier habits. Uh, more charity in your life, more alms uh, giving, more acts of kindness, more forgiveness. Uh, this is the time to start that. So we're just a few days away. So start thinking about how you're going to enter into your Lent. I have a breakfast group, and uh, sometimes 
we, we end up meeting on Fridays. Normally we meet on a Thursday. And Friday, of course, is going to be meatless during Lent. So we've, we're trying to convince ourselves that, that bacon is a vegetable byproduct. You know, you think about what do you feed the hogs, right? They're getting corn and, and veggies. So can, can we consider bacon a vegetable byproduct? And evidently in, in checking with my spiritual counselor, that is not allowed. So I guess we're going to have to come up with a, with a new breakfast food. The, uh, okay, so let's go. Let's dive right in. I don't know why, what got me off on that tangent. Let's, let's jump right into our first reading from the book of Leviticus. Leviticus's laws, by the way, there's a lot of a lot of the early laws because you have to remember um, the the tribes of of Israel now have escaped uh, Egypt, the slavery of Egypt. They need to come together as as a community, as a peoples, and so they, there's certain things they need. They need laws, and if they're going to grow the way that uh, uh, Abraham was promised, the tribes of Israel would grow to be so numerous. Uh, they need good health. They need to be a strong nation. They need a good military to defend themselves. They need good laws so they're not killing each other over over stupid stuff and 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 sin. And they need they need to know how to care for themselves. And so, really, Leviticus has a lot of medical information in it to keep them healthy. And one is how do you keep diseases from spreading through this group? I mean, they're traveling as as one huge community uh, through the desert. How do you keep diseases from spreading? And so Leviticus is going to, this chapter of Leviticus is going to explain some of that. But there's a deeper meaning to it as, as well. So our reading from the book of Leviticus says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If someone has on his skin a scab or postule or blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean, by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent, torn, and his head bare, and shall muffle his beard. And shall, Muffling the beard, this is the, the early form of wear a face mask. And shall cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as the sore is on him, he shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. And he shall dwell apart, making his abode outside of the camp. The purpose of this isn't just to, isn't to socially ostracize the person. The purpose is to keep the community healthy. Well, as I say, this is kind of the first use of a face mask. This is basically quarantine. You know, they're, they're quarantining the person. But in in scripture, a lot of times leprosy is used uh, as an analogy of sin. The leprous person is 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 the sinful person. It's the physical. Um, uh, exhibit of, of sin. So oftentimes when we talk about uh, Christ curing the leper, uh, it's it's analogous to the, the healing ministry of, of Christ forgiving sins, of cleansing us of our sins, which is which is why when, when the person showed the blotch, he sent to the priest to determine if he's if he's clean or unclean. Just as we go to the priest for confession. We we take our sinfulness, our blotch, our our our, our dead skin, uh, our diseased person, our sinful person to the priest to be, to be healed, to be, to be, uh, uh, to be looked at and, and healed. So that's, that's what the start of Leviticus is, is talking about what to do with the leper. So the leper really was set apart from the rest of the community. Uh, 
couldn't touch him, couldn't do basically anything with them. They would bring food and leave it nearby for them to go eat. So they didn't totally dismiss the person. They didn't send them off to die, but they were separated from the rest of the community. Well, that goes on for centuries, even during the time of Christ. Uh, we see the same thing happening. And we'll come to that when, when we get to our gospel. In our, in our second reading from 1 Corinthians, again, very short readings this week, uh, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And giving offense, whether to the Jews or the Greeks, uh, sorry, avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or the Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but for that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And that's what we're called to do as Christians, is to be forgiving, be welcoming, be inclusive of everyone. Catholic means universal. And so we're being called to be Christ-like, to accept everyone. And who did Christ accept? He even accepted lepers. So we, we turn to our, our gospel reading from Mark, and, and Mark writes, a leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once, saying, See what you see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places and people kept coming to him from everywhere. So even though it's a short reading, there's a, there's a lot going on here. We're taken back to the leper, uh, as talked about in the first reading during the, during the time of Moses. So here you have a leper who's, who's kept away from everyone out of the community, who takes that chance to come into the crowd to present himself before, before Jesus. And he does it in a very humble way. He, he drops down to his knees before Christ and says, If you wish— you can make me clean. I think this is a, such an important line because he doesn't tell Jesus to heal him. He doesn't even ask Jesus to heal him. He says, if you want me to be healed, I could be healed. We, we so often pray badly. Scripture even warns that we, pray, that, that we will pray badly. We tend to treat God like a genie. We pray to Christ and we say, do this for me. I need a new job. I need, I need a new car. I need to find a spouse. I need this. I need that. Do this for me. Where we need to be more like Mary, more like this leper, who both turned and said, do with me what you will. I put all my trust in you. That's how we should pray. God, you know what's going on in my life. I trust in you. Do with me as you will. It's not so much about God giving us stuff, but God changing us to be the person he wants us to be, the person we need to be, the person we are created to be. It's not so much about God giving us things other than God helping us to be the person we're supposed to be. Usually it's us that have to change and not things change around us. So here the, leopards, the leper says to Christ, if you want me to be healed, I can be healed. I, I trust in you. And so it says that Jesus touched him it's a really important part. Jesus touched him. 
This is completely against Mosaic laws. This is one of the things that gets Jesus in trouble with the Pharisees, is he breaks a lot of the Mosaic laws. He's not supposed to have any contact with lepers, and yet every time he meets a leper, the first thing he does is touch them or embrace them completely against the norms and and heals them. And Christ does that for us just through a, through his word, through a touch, through drawing near to him as the leper drew near to Christ. When we draw near to Christ, we can uh, come into contact with, with that healing as well. Uh, regardless if our problem is a physical problem, a spiritual problem, uh, there's, there's always great comfort in approaching Christ and saying, I trust you, do with me as you will. And then Jesus says to him, don't tell anybody, just do what Moses said now and go to the priest and, and show that, the, that your sores are gone. And that's proof enough of the healing. They'll understand because they'll say, how did this happen? You'll, that's when you'll, he'll tell the priest, well, I went to Jesus, he touched me and I'm healed. Uh, Christ wasn't out to uh, tell everybody, but he did want the priests to know what was going on. Um, but instead, this is like if you've ever seen a really good movie or read a really good book and you couldn't wait to tell your friends about it, and you don't want to give away the ending, but you have to tell them, you got to go do this. You got to go see this. Well, imagine how you would feel if someone cured you in an instant of, of all your maladies. Wouldn't you run out and tell everybody? You won't believe what happened to me. Christ did this for me. I know a lot of Christians who that's, that's their evangelization story. That's my evangelization story, is the things Christ did for me, I know he'll do for other people. And so I, I tell them, this is what Jesus did for me. He'll do this for you too. And that's what this leper did. He went out into the whole community showing the, uh, the proof of what Christ did for him and saying, go see him. He can do this for you. And the, the response to that was so huge that Christ couldn't enter the city any longer. And that's why we read like with the, you know, he's preaching from the seashore or he's preaching up on the mountainside. Uh, after this event, he could no longer go into the towns and villages like we heard about last week, which he was doing. Now he has to go out into these big open areas because people are coming to him by the thousands. Uh, when, we, when we get soon, we'll be hearing about the, uh, the loaves and fishes. Uh, when we get to that point, he feeds 5,000 men, not counting women and children just 5,000 men. So uh, this, is, this is unheard of at that time. People are coming from all over the Galilee just to hear him speak, but also to be healed by him because of the many stories now that are going out about his healing. And of course, the final one being the raising of the dead, uh, Lazarus. Uh, and that was kind of the final straw. We hear, about, we hear that story just before Easter Sunday because that is the final straw for the Pharisees. Now he's gone too far. And... Uh, and and it's and now people are ready to proclaim him king, and that is that is really what what drives them uh, to seek his, his death on the cross. So know that the Christ is there for you. Approach him with humility. Uh, this this Ash Wednesday, uh, drop to your knees in 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 mass before Christ or even at bedside, and say, "Your will be done, not mine." And you'll find that uh, uh, Christ answers all prayers. Until we meet again next weekend, may Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life.
Good night. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to DKNL at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.